introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Rolls out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pins oh, it. This. To oh, Mo Williams! Touchdown! of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we are back. It is a new year, and we are going to keep this thing rolling right along. And uh, we pulled him back. He wasn't here last week, but he's back joining us. Tired as all hell, but uh, he's here anyway. Wide receiver one. Father of uh, 2019. Soon to be back-to-back father of 2020. Getting punched in the face by his youngin. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. Oh, that was so trippy. So for the folks folks listening, Miss Orna and my son looked me right in the face. He's he's not he's not even seven months old. He looked me square in the face and punched me in the face with his tiny little fist. It was hilarious. Dude. He's getting you ready. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, you better start training before he, he gets up and, and starts giving you that work though. Oh, that ain't never happened. <laughs> never. We're going to fast forward 18 years and you're going to go viral when when Zay dunks on you in the driveway. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, the childless wonder, Saxy Prince. Yeah, man. How you doing, man? How was your New Year's? It was good. Childless, as you said. Um, but it was it was good to get to see. Um, went to a friend's house. He threw a little shindig and whatnot for... Uh, for the new year so yeah it's, it, it's been good and trying to get this 2020 work in i'm already busy so i got a lot of work to do but let's get it all right we love it well it is here it is time the vikings have done what they were supposed to do they have made the playoffs and uh we're starting the next season so obviously we got to talk about that we got to break things down so miles i'm gonna throw it to you first the vikings are in six seed how are you feeling as you look back on this season, where we are right now, before we look ahead to uh, this matchup that we have coming up with the Saints? I mean, the 6-seed part's probably the disappointing part because we we know this is a good, talented football team. Uh, I believe that they're better than 6-seed uh, in the NFC, even though the NFC's been pretty, pretty damn good this year. Uh, I think there maybe you could look at what two games this year that you're like man this team really could be they're that close to being a uh a team like one of the top two seeds in the nfc so it's i mean they're they're right there but the the disappointing part is just the fact that they didn't they weren't able to like take it over the top they weren't able to win some of those um some of the games against some of the better teams that they played this year um so it's kind of disheartening in that sense just because expectations have been high especially the last two years since the you know uh going 13 and 3 in 2017 um i don't i believe the 10 and 6 is a little um off because i do believe that they i don't know if they beat the bears on on sunday with if they had started their starters but the backups gave the the starters for the bears uh a, a lot of fits and they they probably could have and should have won that game to be honest so so i would i would like to say that like to believe that the vikings would have won that game if they had their starters out there and they'd be 11 and 5 and the record would be a little bit better than what it is, but we obviously knew that that game didn't matter um, because they lost against the Packers the week before. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's more, 
I'm excited for the fact that they're in the playoffs because we know that last year they faltered and missed the playoffs and when they should have been a playoff team. Um, but this year, at least what we've seen, there, there's been a lot more consistency this year in terms of how the team overall has played, especially offensively. Um, you've seen times where um, last year there was a lot of that that role. I think Diggs said it best in, uh, on Kirk Cousins' podcast, the, a lot of roller coasters last year. They were up and down. They really didn't really find that consistent wave where this year there's a lot of bit more of that steady play. You've seen a lot more um, consistent play from individuals and as a team. So um, that I think that's that's a positive to look at this year. And then uh, just being able to go out and uh, – you know, win ten games, even though they they play they played poorly within the division, they still find find themselves uh, having a shot in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how I feel about going into New Orleans. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one, but um, I think they have a shot at um, at winning this game. I don't want to give them, give it out there. Uh, I don't want to write it off completely, just because I know um, that's an easy thing to do. But um, yeah, just talking about the season, I think the season over. I call the regular season a disappointment just because I do believe that this team is closer to eleven and five or or twelve and four win team after seeing how um, the talent and everything that we've seen them do this year. I believe that they probably should have won two more games this year. And Prince, uh, obviously, we 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 talked a bit last week, and and to your credit, you, I think you were probably as fair to Kirk Cousins as you've been uh, in quite some time. Uh, looking back on things, uh, talk to me about Kirk, talk to me about the, the team, talk to me about the season and how you feel, because when you look at it, um, you know, now that the season is over, we can look at it, you know, PFF and, you know, some of the other advanced metrics that are out there. Kirk Cousins had his best overall season of his career by many measures. Um, how are you feeling about things now? You know, year two of the Kirk Cousins experiment, the team is going to the playoffs as they should be, as Miles said, as they should have gone last year, um, had there not been for some stumbles along the way. Uh, how are you feeling about things now with, uh, where we are with the team and, uh, how things went this season with, uh, with the man that you, uh, that you love to criticize a little bit, uh, since he's been in the fold here at quarterback for the Vikings. You know, I will say this. The way that the Vikings have um, established their team, their roster, all that stuff, uh, they have done a very, very good job putting in place assets and pieces that will make it very, very hard for any QB to fail. And I think Kirk in his second year proved how, uh, to the Vikings' credit, how well they've done all that. I mean, he's had a career year this year. Um, you know, but we can also say that Case Keenum had a career year when he was here, as well as Sam Bradford had a career year when he was here. Um, you know, I can't necessarily mention Teddy because he hasn't really had much for us to, you know, uh, to uh, kind of go against. But it's, I, I think, both with the way that the Vikings has constructed their team, as well as how Kirk Cousins played this year, it, uh, should say. Yes, they they've done a very very good job in this season. Um, Ten and six, I still think is 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 good. I don't really see that as a failure because you did make the playoffs. You just needed to get in. Um, I'm with Miles in saying that you know the expectation should have been you know maybe you end up eleven and five, maybe you can squeak out another one, twelve and four. Uh, but ultimately speaking, you're uh, ten and six. You're in the dance. You're gearing up, ready to go. I think the Vikings are a little bit of a different six seed than most teams are at the six seed. 
I think like the Philadelphia, like Philadelphia, that to me, they're more of the sixth seed than the Vikings are. So if the Vikings make a little bit of noise, it won't be a huge surprise to me, you know, just because they are a pretty de- decent roster. Uh, with that being said, um, I still don't know what you can do moving forward with as it pertains to Kirk Cousins. I think you still have to just wait to see what happens in the playoffs. And, um, you know, based on how he performed, that's really what's going to um, influence any decisions that could be made um, starting into this offseason. As far as the team goes, um, I I worry that, you know, the defense is on its decline um, in several positions. Uh, Obviously, the cornerback position is the one that we highlight the most. Uh, But, uh, you know, obviously the interior defensive line, um, the the edges haven't really regressed. It's just that they're playing so much where you you worry that are they going to be able to last for it? Because, again, you still have to win three more games until uh, until the big dance. So uh, I think ultimately speaking, I think this season has gone as well as it could sans, you know, a couple of job games like, you know, last week or, um, you know, maybe dropping the game against the Packers or whatever the case is. But uh, ultimately speaking, I think I think Vikings fans should be happy with the way that the season's season is. And I say happy and not content because I think there are some who are content with the fact we just made the playoffs um, where, where you should be happy. We made we made the playoffs. Um, that gives us an opportunity to do more, which is what our expectations should be. Um, so, you know, I, I can't say much besides. Um, let's go get this ring if we if we can do it. Yeah, and I think that you summed that up perfectly. Uh, happy but not content. Uh, this team is a team, uh, as you know, we discussed, you know, in the in the group chats. Uh, they should be in the playoffs. I mean, they are too talented to not be making the playoffs. And the NFL is a tough league. It's tough to be consistently great in this league. But this team is too good to not be in the playoffs. So them getting there, yes, it's an accomplishment. Yes, it's something that you know. Um, you know, is laudable. We should give them the, the props for making the playoffs. But, you know, if they go into the, the playoffs and, you know, lay an egg and completely get stomped out, then I'm, I would look at the season as an abject failure. And I, and I certainly, I, yeah, the people who would look for all the reasons to tell us why it was still an amazing season, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be following them too much or, or too closely or paying very much attention as we move beyond that because, yeah, this team is built to do more than just show up and get a participation trophy and then go home. And uh, and I, and yeah, because honestly, Jason, to that point, thirty-one teams fail every season, right? There's only one team that really succeeds. And as much as I want to say, yeah, it's great that we got ten and six and we made the playoffs, and you know maybe we squeak in, get to the divisional round or the the um, you know the uh, NFC Championship. But if we don't win the Super Bowl, it is a failure of a season, and that. It's fine because you can still improve. And I don't even necessarily look at it like they have to win the Super Bowl necessarily. I think they just need to show that they're a team that belongs, right? Like if they go out there, we're we're underdogs in this this upcoming matchup with the Saints, right? And I think one of the things that makes, you know, many hesitant to go all in on Kirk Cousins or the questions that come up about Zimmer, even though he's put together as impressive a wins uh, winning resume as he has during his time is that there's so many occasions during these big game situations where we just come out and it looks like we have no business on the field with the other team. Um, and I, really, if they get out there and, and 
you know, put together, even if we lose, but we, we look like we belong in the playoffs, then like, that's something you can build on from my perspective. But like, if they go out there and it's, you know, 38, seven type things happening to the team, then, you know, I, I understand where, you know, the owners might ownership might say, Hey, we've peaked. We maybe need to go in a different direction to get us over the hump because yeah, it's a, uh, you know, the NFL is chock full of bad teams and, and we seem to do a very good job of beating the brakes off the really bad ones because there are so many, but we're in the playoffs now. And so we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to, to beat some of these good teams uh, in order to, to keep moving forward. And I guess with that, we'll segue miles. Uh, we we've talked a lot uh, about this matchup. The Vikings are huge underdogs going in, which makes sense. The saints are a very good team. Uh, talk to me about how this game lays out. Talk to me about where the Saints will pose the biggest issues for us. And then I guess maybe give me a little something that should give me or maybe could give me a glimmer of hope if I was a Vikings fan. Like how might we go about trying to pull off this upset? Yeah, I mean, I think on defense, the biggest thing is obviously Michael Thomas. That's the... That's the guy that I mean. I don't think anybody's contained him this year. I think he he's he's the obviously the guy that we know that that's going to excuse me. That they're going to feature. I mean, the dude had 146 receptions this year. I mean, I don't. That's that's crazy. I mean, they he basically averaging what I don't even know what that number is, but I mean, he's he's seeing definitely seeing you know 12 12 plus targets a game, and he's catching basically like 90 percent of them. Uh, it's crazy. So he's uh he's definitely the guy you wanna you wanna make sure doesn't beat you. Um, containing him is gonna be difficult, but he's definitely a guy that you wanna you want like uh you don't want him to beat you, but you wanna try to contain him uh, and just limit him a little bit. Uh, I think someone said like even if he had like ten catches for a hundred yards, I think you're okay with that just because as long as that averages you know in that you know nine to ten range, not the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen yard range. I think. He's not going to be doing the something. It's the huge chunk plays that you don't want. You want to make sure he's not doing. Um, second, I think is the Alvin Kamara effect. We know that Alvin Kamara has done um, some, you know, made some good, big plays against the Vikings in the past. Um, but he's also the, a mismatch against, um, you know, most most defensive players. To be honest, he, because he runs really good routes, they use him in a variety of ways. So he's the kind of guy that you want to make sure doesn't. Um, doesn't find that random one-on-one matchup with your linebacker um, and, and can beat you for a long touchdown or, or what have you, or a quick screen or um, whatever that is. But you want to help limit. It's just basically you want to limit this offense because you know that they're, they're an explosive team um, that has a variety of ways of scoring. Uh, and then the last guy for me is uh, Jared Cook, who's been playing really well as of late. Um, he's the guy that the Saints just added this year and, um, he's a, you know, the tight end that they've, they've needed for the last few years that, uh, he creates a mismatch that I know the Vikings, the Vikings tried to sign him a few years back too, but, um, he's the guy that can help stretch the field up the down, up and down the seam. Uh, he's the kind of guy that can create a mismatch against the safety because he's so big, um, and he can still run. So, um, those are the three guys for me on the Saints offense that really worry me just because I know that, um, any one of those guys can score, um, at any time, um. And then lastly, you know, obviously Drew Brees is a huge part of that, but um, I think uh, the whole thing for your defense is you want to try to slow the Saints offense down, but the, then you flip that around, the Vikings offense, 
if they can if they can sustain long long drives obviously you want to score as much as you can that's that's the obvious point but it, you know um sustaining some longer drives um no three and outs or limiting your three and outs and um just moving the chains keeping that Saints offense offense off the field i think it's going to be a really big really big for this team because you know that the Saints team can score they score at will once they get themselves into a rhythm um they're really hard to beat so I think if you can kind of keep them off the field a little bit more, you know, um, you know, limit them to one or two less drives than they're used to seeing a game, um, that's that's going to go a long way because you know that if you're you're holding them and containing them, uh, that's going to mean less points for them, and that's obviously the the obvious point there. But um, I think then obviously for the Vikings offensively, you want to see Kirk Cousins get into that rhythm early on. That first drive, the first and second drive is usually a key drive for him because. If he can start, if you see the crisp, sharp throws from him early on, you usually know that he's likely in a in a rhythm and he's ready to go. Uh, but if he misses some some easy throws early on, um, you know they go three and out or what what have you, you can see that that it really does affect him. It affects some of that. I don't know if it's his confidence or what it is, but you can usually tell early on if he's going to get into that rhythm right away. And if they get into a rhythm right away, right away, this team's going to going to give you fits because because that means he he is on and that means he's he's going to be hitting throws that um you know to move to move the chains to um uh, on third downs to hit key third downs all that kind of stuff and then um secondly how do they, how do they want to approach the run game um this week because i know with dalvin cook back that's really big we know that but that run game is is the key to this offense and the simple fact that they use it so often to to run their play action. And I know that Jason, we've talked a hundred times about how ru- running the ball effectively doesn't, uh, doesn't like make play action more effective. But in this offense, if you can show run and you're consistently showing it on, you know, with someone like Dalvin cook, who has more of an effect and impact on a game than a, let's say a Mike Boone, a defense is going to respect Dalvin cook a little bit more than they probably would a Mike Boone, whether, whether that's, you know, the, um, the stats say that or not, but I mean, I th- I think defensive defenses take that similar approach. Like you see the Packers on Monday night, um, they weren't afraid of Mike Boone beating them. They were wanted to make sure that Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs, and Thielen were going to beat them. Um, so I think if the Vikings can can make sure that their play action game and they're they're hitting those quick throws, the hitting some of those explosive plays that we saw in the middle of the season, especially um, those those are going to be go really a, a long way for this offense and Kirk Cousins. Um, and then I, I just want to see the matchup between uh, Stephon Diggs and Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I think that's really fun. We know Diggs is one of the top route runners in the league. Um, I want to see, and Marshawn Lattimore is one of the better young cornerbacks in the league. I just like to see those those kind of matchups. They're fun to watch. And I just want to see what um, what the Saints' plan is for that. And, and if Diggs is his primary um, responsibility this week, how do the Vikings continue to keep Diggs involved because he is their big play weapon in the past game, especially down the field. Um, we know D- uh, Dalvin Cook's been really big for them in the screen game, um, but specifically hitting deep shots, that's really been Stephon Diggs. And so what are they going to do to try to limit that? Because Diggs is really the only receiver on the team that um, that is using the, to run deep routes uh, and, and that can win down, down the field the way he does because Adam Thielen's been kind of his his role in the offense is the short to intermediate stuff, and Diggs has been the the long the long ball. So 
Um, I just want to see how that how that affects it. And then is Adam Thielen a hundred percent? Is he good to go? Is he um, is he no longer limited? Because it sounds like they limited him um, when he came back from his hamstring injury. So is he good to go up to speed? Um, because we know that um, the more weapons they have, the the less they'll be able to to double a Stephon Diggs or um, uh, and you can get other guys involved. So uh, I just want to see how that, all that shakes out. I think the Vikings have an opportunity here. They I do think they can beat the Saints team. That it's just about finding that rhythm on offense. I'm I think it's they're going to have a hard time limiting the Saints offense. But I think if our offense is on a little bit, I think that's just going to go a long way because I think that means the offense is rolling and that therefore I believe it's just going to give the defense more time to rest and um, keep the Saints offense off the field. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess Yinka, I'll throw it to you because I'm curious about, um, obviously we talk a lot about the Saints offense for, for good reason. Drew Brees is doing his thing. Michael Thomas breaking, you know, the records of he who shall not be named. Um but the defense that Saints put on the field, actually not bad. Uh, what are your thoughts about what the Saints might do? And, you know, given what we've put on film against Green Bay a couple of times this season, uh, what are your thoughts on how the Saints are going to attack us to maybe limit the effectiveness of that play action that Miles mentioned um, has been helping us so much throughout the course of the season? Um, I know this is going to be cliche and obvious, uh, but I think pressure. Um, I think the 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 play action boot rollout that that Kirk oftentimes you know actually makes pretty big plays both on third downs and just in general um i would not be surprised if uh the defensive ends on with the saints they you know they they kind of stand a little bit wider to give you know to kind of force kirk to make more plays in the pocket um i think kirk can make some plays obviously once he once he rolls out he gets a little bit comfortable um, on either side really and it, that that's kind of the issue with having Adam Thielen not at 100% because Adam Thielen it, um, tends to be that that really nice uh, outlet that he could find. But um, you, you'll just have to you know find more plays with Stefan Diggs. Um, obviously, Diggs is going to be double and triple teamed if they can. Um, I think they're probably going to maybe force the Vikings to make Adam Thielen beat Adam Thielen beat them just because he he hasn't been healthy and. Uh, he was such a huge weapon for the Vikings for the last year or so. And he, he, he just hasn't been that guy. Now, obviously he might just still be injured or, you know, obviously being out of the game for, for as long as he was, um, he just needs to get some of that rust off. But if if I'm the Vikings, I mean, or if I'm the saints, I I'm definitely forcing them to throw the ball to Thielen. And I know that sounds weird because like, of course he's, He's one of our third wide receivers, but he hasn't really shown us the Adam Thielen of uh, of his prime in in a, a number of games now. So I just don't be surprised if, if if the Vikings try to get a little bit more interior pass rush as well as you know uh, keeping Kirk more contained in the pocket. Um, I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to have a huge game because I think it'll keep him quite contained. So it, it really is just going to come down to can the Vikings get to that. Uh, can the can the Vikings get to that the second wide receiver? Can Kirk get to that second wide receiver? Um, and if they can, I think it's going to be a really really long day for the Vikings. Okay, so let's uh, let, let's play this thing out. I guess we'll go through a couple scenarios. And Yinka, since you are, are are typically more on the side of doom and gloom, I'll start with you. Uh, so the Vikings lose this game. 
help me understand a Viking's loss, uh, what a Viking's loss looks like that makes you want to blow everything up versus a Viking's loss that maybe you think, okay, this guy isn't completely falling. This team actually is one where we can, we can move forward with the majority of the pieces that we have in place. I just don't like that. That's the problem with this conversation is I feel like the extremes exist. Now that's not to say that um, I think as it comes to football, sometimes it major changes need to happen for you to get real results. So I'm not saying that that can't, but, but it just feels like that is the only outcome. Whereas it's like, we have so many good pieces in place. Like, uh, you know, we have a good offense where I think most quarterbacks could uh, play well in. Uh, we have a good defense that is getting older, but I think you can, you can replace some of those pieces and get get back to being, a, again, a top five type defense. Um, and really, as far as the coaching staff, um, I think Zimmer is stubborn. So I, I could see you moving, moving on from him. Um, but do I want to say it's just because of... here? I'll put it this way. If you're seriously considering moving on for Zim, then win or lose, I don't think that's going to change anything in this game. Um, because, or, or better yet, I'll say this, if they, obviously if they make it to NFC Championship game, competitive game, they lose, whatever the case, that might change a little bit. But I think if that narrative is actually being spoken out there, then you probably should just move on from him. And that's just my personal opinion, because if you don't have full confidence in him, if that confidence is already waning, then you've probably maybe have already made a decision in your mind and, you know, maybe the Wolves need to explore the other options. I don't think that the next guy in line should be Stefanski. That's just me personally, uh, just because I haven't seen enough from, from him. Now he had a really great season based on all the stats and analytics you, you, you brought to the, the chat, uh, Jason, but uh, I just don't know if I want to hand over the reins completely to him, you know? Um, Wait, but if, if you're saying you're okay with Zim being out because they feel that they need to move on from him, where who are you bringing in? That, I haven't. I, I haven't been able to. I haven't answered that question yet. I don't. I don't know if I'm completely there about. Yeah, I'm okay if they if they move on from Zim. Um, so I'll, I'll clarify. I'm not completely okay with them moving on from Zim just yet. I just don't. But you understand. Yeah, it, but right? I understand it. Yeah, I completely understand it because again, you made the playoffs. So to, to me, so to me, they. The Vikings only the only the only way the Vikings are willing to move on from Zim, in my opinion, is if they view Kevin Stefanski as someone that they believe is ready to take that next step and be the head coach of this right. team. Also, they don't want to lose him to another team as as a head coach because they see that his future is bright. Um, so that so to me, so like if if that's the case, then then I'm on I'm on board with it because they view that they view it they view him that highly that they'd be willing to move on from Zimmer, who's been a successful coach here because they believe in a guy like Kansky because they believe that he could take us to well, the that's, next that's level. That's what I'm saying, Miles, is like if you already, if you already have that opinion, um, then I think Zim should be gone really regardless of what happens outside of a Super Bowl win, right? Just because it like I didn't know where this like we love Stefanski, he's like the best thing that's ever happened to us has come from because they were so reluctant to um, they were so reluctant to promote this guy for, for such a long time. But I, I mean, I understand he's, you know, he's get, he, he needs to learn, he needs to grow or whatever the case is. But am I, am I at the point where I say, yeah, I think he's ready to take over this franchise as the head coach. 
I don't know if I'm there yet. I think he's he's shown to be a good leader. I think he's the players respect him. Um, I just I don't know if I'm there yet. So uh, maybe that's just me being more conservative and say keep Zim until something. But I I think I guess I'd be more advocate for going to next year. You well you that's the issue is you might lose him in the off season. Um, but if there's any way you could retain him, then I would go into next year with that. And then based on how the season starts, you you know you maybe you make that move. Uh, you know the after the first half of the, or after the half of this season goes on, see what what it is. I can't claim to know what I I don't I don't know what the Vikings are going to do. I I don't have a, a strong enough opinion here yet. I just don't think that firing Zim forced the fans. Okay. Is the best All right. Sounds one. a little bit like you want your cake and eat it too. Want to see uh. You know, maybe maybe hold on to what we have while while grooming the future. But like Ma said, a lot of other people are, are are nipping at the heels. And you know, Stefanski was a finalist for the Browns last year. He is getting some buzz now. So Miles, I guess we'll we'll, we'll wind things forward for you here. Uh, let's say the Vikings pull off the improbable. They beat the Saints. Um, if they get by the Saints, who are one of the tougher matchups in uh in, in this side of the bracket when you just look at the strength of the team overall, how far do you think this team can go? Well, then they run into a the they'd run into the Forty ers at that point because they're the one seed. That'd be, <laughs> I mean, I think the the Forty ers are arguably the. I don't know. Right now, I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, they run the same offense that the Vikings do, um, or a lot of similar ways because the, the outside zone scheme, the Shanahan, Kubiak trees, all that yada yada. Um, to me, that's <laughs> if if somebody knows how to stop that offense, it's. Uh, the 49ers. Um, so going against a guy like Kirk Cousins and who knows Kirk Cousins, that's Kyle Shanahan, coach, coach with him in uh, Washington. Uh, but at the same time, that, that 49ers defense has gotten a lot better. They've really good defensive line. Uh, Richard Sherman's playing like an elite level cornerback again. And that defense has been, has been flying over the field. So um, I believe they're, they're a better version of the saints in so many different ways. I mean, I think they just, they create so many mismatches with their team. They're uh, so much misdirection. Um, that's a team that I, I'd have a hard time seeing this Vikings team beat this year. Um, but I mean, we could cross that bridge if we can get there. Let's 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 win this game first, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge. All right, and uh, I guess yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge. Another one that uh, that seems to be out there. Yinka mentioned it. You've uh, talked about it in a couple different uh, group chats, even just this evening. Uh, the rumors about Mike Zimmer potentially being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, especially within the context and framework of, you know, Stefanski being out there? Stefanski, uh, not, I guess, kind of surprisingly, but, you know, some credible members of the media posting that uh, you know, the Vikings very much love Stefanski, and, you know, Charles Robinson, Benjamin Albright, amongst others, kind of mentioning that Stefanski could potentially be brought in as uh, the next guy up if things go horribly wrong. I guess, what are your thoughts on these rumors kind of swirling around the Vikings coaching staff? And, you know, Yinka already said his piece that, you know, he's not necessarily all the way there with, with the Stefanski yet. What are your thoughts on things about, you know, all of the, the conversation going on around things and how you might like to see things go as they move forward? Yeah. This whole, this whole Zim thing is crazy to me. <laughs> I, I think, um, uh... I think it makes sense. I think it's kind of like that. What's a, who's it? John Gruden. Um, very, very similar situation. I think because of the ties and the, um, we've heard Jerry Jones say in the past, 
Mike Zimmer is a guy that he wished he'd never let leave. Um, he wished he'd basically hired him back then. I think that's one of those uh, scenarios that you, you watch him as a head coach now. Um, Jerry Jones sees the, the way he runs a, a tight ship. Um, he has his the Dallas Cowboy ties. He was there for so long. And uh, the style of play that and the style of team he wants to have, I think, is exactly what uh, Jerry Jones would like, like in, out of his team. Uh, run control offense um, and uh, a stout defense. I think that's just – that seems to be what the identity of the Cowboys want to be. Um, Yinka's got the background noise going on. Um, love it. Oh, my um, bad. My hanging, bad, my bad. Hanging everywhere. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I just think it's a crazy situation just because um, I've never experienced it as a, um, as a, as a fan of my team watching another team potentially trade their coach away which i I just it's such a a crazy thing that that's a possible scenario um but i also never even thought about it as a scenario that could that could happen for this team um but it sounds like the cowboys are at least entertaining the idea of it i don't know if the vikings are but it sounds like the cowboys have have definitely put this thought out there and i don't know if they, they haven't really fully made it known but i think the buzz is out there enough that um, it makes a lot of sense, and I don't think people should just be disputing it. I think uh, I don't think the Vikings should dispute it like it's uh, like it's nothing either. I mean, I think if the right offer came, and if you believed in, like I said before, if you believed in Stefanski enough, um, I, I mean, I, you should at least entertain the idea for sure. Um, but I guess again, what would it take, though, Miles? What for you? What would it take for you to be like, okay, let's pull the trigger? Well, so technically, Zim only has a year left on his deal. Um, if your plan all along, let's say the Vikings flop on Sunday, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's just a, a hypothetical. If the Vikings flopped on Sunday and the Wolves were just upset and they they knew that they weren't going to extend Mike Zimmer, which most of the time, you know, the Wolves have been pretty good about extending coaches a year a year early, just like they kind of do with their players. You extend them a, little, a year early. So, like, if the, the Wolves don't want to extend Zim after this next season, I mean, why not trade him for something if if the offer's out there? If you know that he's not in your your long term future plans, it makes sense. I mean, I'd say like a second round pick makes a lot of sense. Uh, second, third round pick. I don't, I don't, don't know what the value of trading a coach goes for nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, maybe a second round pick. I don't know. Uh, honestly, that's something I'd, I'd have no idea how to gauge. All right. Well, well, there it is. Uh, that's the uh, the the analysis you can only get here. We have absolutely no damn idea what's going to happen with the Zimmer thing, or how it should go, or what we'd be compensated for for it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna put you, uh, last thing to put y'all on the spot for Yanka. What's the score prediction? How do you think this game's going to go against the Saints? Um, I think it's going to be to the tune of 28-24 Saints. So they, don't, they don't cover. Um, so you're betting on the Vikings in this game? Yeah, as far as, okay. as, far as the cover goes. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the Saints get out uh, ahead early. Vikings Twitter freaks out. And then the Vikings, um, you know, they make a really, really, um, they make a game of it. Uh, honestly, I think, I think they, they rally back and you know, they just don't have enough to, to get back probably like a late, you know, fumble or late INT is what's going to seal the deal. But um, I do think this is going to be a more entertaining game than people think that it is. Cause like I said, I don't think that 
you know, records aside, I don't think the Vikings are the true six seed. I think they're probably closer to the the four or the five, you know. Um, so I, I think 28-24 is a good good prediction, but with a Vikings loss. Okay, and, uh, and Miles, how about you? Where are you putting your money and how you think the score is going to go? Uh, I'm not putting my money nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to share my, my, my wallet. That's, that, that's not happening for me. Um, I'm yeah, I don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do it, but I normally, you know me, I normally, I'm gonna say twenty-seven, twenty-three Saints. Ugh, ugh, I hate saying it though. All right, and and Yinka, last last question here: Does Teddy Ridgewater see the field in this game? Yeah, so what's going to happen is, uh, you know, that, that final two-minute drive, you know, maybe the Vikings pull ahead, you know, it's 24-21, Vikings pull ahead, Drew Brees was injured on the last drive, Teddy comes in, leads a two-minute drill to put the, put the Saints up 28-24, and then the Vikings get the ball back, and then they fumble or get an INT. That's what's going to happen, and it's going to hurt so badly. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, I'm actually looking for. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Like like, if the Vikings come out and do what we know they're capable of, they can play with anyone in the league, and that's all I'm really hoping for. Is that they come out and and play like a team that that knows they belong on the field with these Saints, and that we get a good game, and uh, we'll see what happens after all of that goes down. So uh, that is it, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on, Miles. Thanks for 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 coming through. After getting dotted up by by Zay and uh, you know being a little bit sleep deprived, <laughs> not, not dotted up. <laughs> and uh, and Saxy Prince, uh, you know, thanks for coming through. We can hear you. We can hear all the background noise. And uh, listeners, thank you for sticking with us. We will uh, talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye.